Hello and welcome. It's the Electricians Podcast and we're back. This week we're talking about um, why the NIC are so difficult. Um, got a few stories to tell and a few questions to ask. But before we get to that, let's talk about Verso. Now, they are the kind sponsors of this show. Without them, we would not be here. Um, and basically, they sell awesome fuse boards, silver-coated buzz, but I still can't get over that. Um, I've been trying to scrape it off and, and scrap it, but it's not really worth enough. Um, they are at versoelectrical.co.uk. They do socket switches, spurs, everything you need to rewire a house they've got. So go and check them out, versoelectrical.co.uk. They've also got a really good thing on their website um, called My Install. It's tips, tricks, all kinds of stuff that you can get involved in on there. So go and check them out. All right, Jamie, let's get on with the show. Well, I, I'm a good enough here this week, am I? Oh, here we go. <laughs> I know Listen, she just did it with last week. So. No, I was invited. Tell me, I was tell invited. the reason why you didn't come, though. I had to go to the dentist. Exactly. To get my yeah, turkey teeth. I had to go to the dentist. So, yeah, I couldn't make it. I want to go. We are going to do some outside broadcasts and stuff, aren't we? But uh, last week, it just did, last time, it just well, it weren't last week. just didn't work out. In fact, we haven't been together doing this for ages, it seems. It does seem like that. We've had a, we've had a couple of weeks off because we had a few in the bag. Then I went down mm-hmm. and done one with the awesome Ele- uh, Electrical Academy in Maidstone. That was really really fun. You had you missed out on a really good time there. It was it was nice to listen to something though that weren't on. Yeah, because everything else I'm not on shite. So it's was... <laughs> not wrong. Um, so, what's that other one that comes out? One of that's crap. I can't remember. But anyway, carry on. You're an idiot. Um, right, so go on. You, you've, you've brought up this topic this week. You want to talk about the NIC. Now, fair play. We have um, spoken about NIC before and the problems, and they they do seem to list. Like, I've got a quick interesting story about maybe maybe I'm actually wielding some power. On the go on, then. Go on, then. What you got? Right. I don't know. Let's just stop. We're not trying to go negative on it. There's a, there's a, we've got no, a rhyme and reason for this, about. so we're going to roll with it anyway. But before we get onto that, so I've done my ECS test last week. Um, I was just uh, like, I finished. Like, so for those of you who don't have a gold card, every three years you have to sit an ECS test. So uh, if you ain't got a gold card, put this podcast down here and go and get yourself one. <laughs> because um, that, it's just a health and safety thing. I mean, I didn't even advise for this time. Uh, I just went and done it. Uh, you can do it online and you just go through the, my ECS portal, which is pretty good to be fair. Um, and my problem was I'd done the test, uploaded it, paid for it, cost me like £100, which, first of all, that annoys me because the test is more expensive, the card's more expensive, and it's the exact same thing. Anyway, so we've done that, um, and then let's take about four days later, my card was still being verified. Now, I don't know. This might just be a coincidence, right? <laughs> but I was quite happy with this. So I tweeted out to my to my ECS on, on Twitter. I was like, "Can you tell me why it's taking so long for them for you to uh, verify my card?" And within an hour, my card was verified. Oh, now, was that because you're such saying, a big player? Is it? <laughs> listen, I reckon it's coincidence. But I was like, "Yeah, damn right, that's done." <laughs> I've, got a co- I've got a comment on this because you, you, you obviously I know this story you told me you're telling the viewers yeah but what I really hate about the ECS test is it's just a constant cycle of money making crap that doesn't encourage anyone 
to improve themselves or get better. It's just the same test for the minimum amount of box ticking every two years, three years. Mate, is that? It's I just embarrassing. It's a trade like, embarrassment. I, I don't get it. Like, even if you don't know the answer, it's as easy as just like is it is multiple choice, and it's so easy to work out. Yeah. Like, it's like, um, what color? No, like it's like, what what should you do if there's a sign that that says uh, electrical danger? Yeah, like, lick it the face. Don't <laughs> take all electrical precautions or kick your dad in the balls. And you're like, oh, that's sweet. Again, I know not knocking GIB on this because they don't. They just have it on their car. They have CSCS yeah. competence scheme on their car, yeah. But the CSCS are quite happy to run a scheme that a trained mouse could pass because it because they turn 100 quid over every time someone does one. And what I hate about it is there's no incentive to improve your health and safety or get a high qualification. They just want a £100 out of you every year, every two years, because it's a protection racket, basically. It's yeah, just, it's a, it's a it's not helping no one. If someone told me the Mafia owned it, I'd be like, well, of course they do. Do you know what I mean? It, it's like, and just to reiterate, yeah, if you do that, you could do that every two years for 25 years and never improve yourself. What kind of progressive organisation is CSCS that they'll allow it to happen? Like, it's people who go, oh, you know, after five years, you should be getting your IOSH or just something. It's just the same old crap. And it's arse ticking safety, which I hate. It's like, oh, well, he fell down a hole and died. Well, he's got his CSCS card, so we're in the clear. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that kind of... <laughs> And that's the kind of safety I dislike. But yeah, I think it is a scam, a tax on tradesmen as usual. But um, I do think it's important it keeps some sort of order in an otherwise disordered industry. uh, We're not here to talk about that. We we could do it all night, couldn't we? Level of order, but it's a it's a level of order. Like I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite. I'm quite knowledgeable about the the fragmented industry that it is. There is no yeah. sort of central governance of the industry. It's governed Don't by we know it? Pocket, Don't we know it? <laughs> pocket organisations, and so I think all the all the ECS card does is sort of bring a little bit of order to an otherwise wild. I suppose. West I, I suppose what happened is the GIB want to grade electricians, and I think they do a good job at doing that. And everyone knows that we both well, carry out our cards, yeah. I'll tell you what? why, because what? we're doing a series soon all about this stuff, um, a little breakaway series. It's going to be called The Electrical Industry Explained, and it's going to be a couple of podcasts talking about the different fragment fragmented sections of the industry, what they are, why they are, and um, our opinion on them. I think it's going to, I think it's going to cause a lot of controversy. Eight hours long. But yeah, to be fair, as I was saying, because that's going to be fun. The GIB want to grade electricians. And I don't think they do a bad job at it, right? I think we're both card-carrying GIB people. They obviously sub out the safety bit to CSCS, and they're like, £100 over two years is a basic test. You don't ever have to do anything else. And it's literally, it's just it's just nonsense. a sham. It's just it a nonsense. sham. But yeah, we're not going about that today. Otherwise, we'll be here all day talking about safety. Oh, I'm go sure on... on a Monday morning, everyone wants to talk about something else. But we're going to go on about something else even more. Just about another part of the industry. We're going to First talk about... of all... I'm going to do some tidbits first. Go on in. Some tidbits here, yeah. So you've seen this one, and I'm going to put a picture up. If you're not an audio viewer, Sam, please explain the picture I've just placed on the screen. That can't be real. Right. 
what I put on the screen is this is a brand spanking new development. I'll tweet this out in the morning if you're audio viewers, yeah? This is a brand... In fact, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm Jamie Blayton Spark everywhere. This is on my LinkedIn. This got over 250,000 interactions on my LinkedIn, yeah? It is a 1.2 metre pipe running straight down the middle of a housing estate with a 90-degree bend that takes it over a road. And it is full of what, Sam? Do you know what this is full of? Sewage. It's full of feces. It's full of human feces and wee-wee, yeah? And this has been put in because the builder did not build a sufficient drain. So he's now installed it. Or It's got to be a he, yeah? They've now installed it to take away the sewage on the estate. So probably 30, 40, 50 homes have now got the pipe blocked by a 1.5-metre sewage pipe. And I put I just put it on because everyone always hears me moan about infrastructure. And now we don't do it. And that's what you get when you don't look at the big picture. That is real. It's in Northampton if anyone wants to go and have a look. I am planning on going to have a look. It's not a permanent thing, though. It's going to be there temporarily while we lay a new drain. Well, I'll tell you now, it's going to take them 18 months to two years to lay a new drain. So that's what new builds causing because they just build houses without thinking about the infrastructure. And I had to show it because we've always known about it. You hate new builds. Some of them are all right. I mean, no, I, I've, I've told the story about the one where we had a container, it had a, a, a containerized yard full of plastic chimneys. But this is a prime example. Like, oh, we'll build four thousand houses. What about the drains? Fuck the drains. You want to do some that... electrical news or not? Well, no, I'm just it's infrastructure. Isn't it? We're always about infrastructure. It's probably we talk about the grid and that people think I'm talking rubbish, saying stuff's not going to be able to take it. And I just thought that was a good example of it. So yeah, I'll Brilliant. tweet that out the mo- tomorrow. Do you want to talk about my parcel to you? Oh, mate. <laughs> Because <laughs> I've got the pictures oh my here. God. We so, have been doing behind the scenes. We have been doing a lot of work to improve this podcast. Yeah, and I'll let Sam pick this up now on how this I've, happened. So what I've done is I've put, I've got new sound. I've got new. Uh, I've got a preamp or whatever these called. I've got a new PC um, to run all the studio on. Um, and Jamie's been bugging me about stopping using the wife the hotspot on my phone. Because it's shite, basically. It's not great. It's not great. The, the iPhone is not very capable compared to my Oppo phone that I had before. The Oppo just just generally as well. Wired a wired connection is ten times better than Wi-Fi. Wrote, oh, ain't got to that bit yet. Yeah. So anyway, so part of the upgrade, Jamie sent me a bit of cable with I don't know what is this Cat Five. Cat Five cable some RJ forty five plugs in there, so Sam could just plug it in and not have to worry about his phone cutting off every time he moves his elbow. Could have done it myself, just never was going to. Um, anyway, so that's all. That's all been wired in. Now, James <laughs> sent it in a box, and this box in this box. So for the view, for the listeners, uh, Jamie, Jamie sent me a box with love honey written on it and rubber phallus. Do not. <laughs> now that would have been hilarious, right? That would have been hilarious. <laughs> but it went to the neighbours. <laughs> yeah, and my wife didn't no, know that it was you know coming. why it went to the neighbours? Because I paid 60 pence extra to demand his signature. <laughs> <laughs> so it's gone to the neighbours and she's gone to pick it up knowing. <laughs> neighbours looked at her all funny and she like she has had a right pop at me for that. So thank you very much. <laughs> And just show a label there as well. These uh, will all be on my Instagram tomorrow morning. Sam Smith. It's, uh, it says what's inside it, so I'll just put big rubber dildo. <laughs> Who I have to part with? 
So, just a little, just a little, just a little. Uh, don't ever give me your address. It's a, it's a, it's a life lesson there. But yeah, I did giggle to myself. The annoyment with the, the, I, I wrote this label out with Sam Smith look a lot not your name. I put big rubber dildos in it. Love holistics over it. Then I realised, didn't I? I had to take it to the shop, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I did that this week. But an idiot. What's the meat of this pod? Well, it's, what, what's the meat of this pot is up to you, mate. So, I don't want to see, like, we're thrashing the NIC all the time. And Napier are just as bad at this as well, right? But I've put a tweet up on screen again. Well, if you well, can't... Don't say Napier are just as bad as this without knowing. Let's just talk about... Well, I know, I, I know, that, I know this happens in both camps, yeah? I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to even be negative about it. I just want to, I want to bring it to the attention of, of those organisations there, if they want to listen to this, yeah? Contact Electrical put this tweet up, right? And he says... Official NIC, I'm quite disgusted in your complaint procedure. My client has an EIC from a from a property new build five years ago. But you want a builder scope works and invoices. Who has that? What basically happened, I got the gist of, because I, I spoke to about this on Twitter, was the customer had a complaint about the original contract who was NIC. And I've seen a lot of this going off. So the NIC go, well, actually, um, I, I do believe these are all correct, right? The NIC will not let a contractor complain about a contractor. So they won't let the competent contractor that's even if they're in their scheme complain about another contractor, which just strikes me as being insane anyway. And yeah. in this case, they wouldn't let them complain without the original invoices for the works and the builder's information. So like they operate on a, uh, one of the best policies is that you can grass on someone if they're not doing their job proper to these schemes. So they say, we run a, we have a complaint system, you can complain. That should keep everyone on their toes. But it doesn't, because everyone knows full well, you can't grass up another contractor. But how would your customer know that they'd use the wrong type of RCD, for example, or the wrong type of cable? Why don't you just say, right, listen, these are the problems. These shouldn't have been done like this. Here's a number to call. Go and complain to the NIC. They won't let you do it. They won't let you complain. No, what I'm saying is to the to the the people who bought the house. Oh right, so that so they go to the customer, go to the customer, you make the complaint. A, a folder of evidence and say go and complain. So I believe in this case that's exactly what they did. They said to the customer, "I can't complain. You've got a complaint because you're the customer." What was the NIC response to that? Go on. You're not the customer. The builder was the customer. So oh. they said the original, so the builder, so let's say, for example, it was Barrett Homes, which it's not, but I'm just using that term because it makes it make more sense. They says, oh, you're not actually the customer. You just live in the house now. The customer is the building company. So then you've not got any complaints or anything to stand on. And I've heard, I've heard and seen on Twitter various <laughs> people complaining about this, that the, con, the complaint system that the organisations run is not worth anything. It's just useless. Yeah, I've heard this as well. I've had I've had a few people telling me this story, but I can't believe someone like that's just like that. It seems to me like they probably. Well, this is a mad conspiracy theory, right? Probably not true, but it, allegedly, I think we'd say legally. But there you go. I don't care. Sue me. I got nothing for you to sue me for anyway, idiots. Um, maybe. It's a big company that does a lot of certificates and stuff with the NIC. And they're like, listen, we'll sort you out. Don't worry about it. No, you can't complain. They can't complain. They won't complain. And they're the ones who can complain. 
just as we Sorry. were coming on as well to add to this, literally just what was coming on was having some technical issues, and Sam jumped off the call for a second, and I just plopped onto I popped onto a YouTube, banged an artisan video on. He was at someone's ass, and he took the fuse board lid off, and it had an NIC sticker. I thought, there you go, there's the seal of crap approval, and then he took it off. And went look at the state of this fuse board. If any jobs can be good done, it's a new one. This 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 fuse board looks like it's been done by Stevie Wonder type thing. So it's like. If the NIC don't nip this, in, I'm not trying to be negative about this. I'm saying that NIC don't nip these contracts in the board. I think this is slowly becoming worthless, if I'm honest. And one of the one of the most powerful ways of keeping contracts on the toes is that another competent contractor can make a complaint about them. But you can't. They make it incredibly hard to do that. And at the end of the day, people are paying five, six hundred quid upwards for this kind of this NIC membership, aren't they? Should they not run a good complaint scheme where people can complain about each other? It's like, what, what, what I'm not going to say weeks, I'm not in them, but what are the members getting out of their membership if the contract standards are totally different across the board? It's a funny would, one. Could it, would it not be an easy win for them to start supporting the people that are paying them the money? Yeah, but it's not like if you think about it from a business perspective, I'm not saying that I'm a businessman because I definitely ain't that. But if you if you look at it from a business perspective, they've got a, a sort of a tightrope to walk, haven't they? Um, well, what I will say is, they soon shout when people are misusing their logo. Well, they're, all, is, they're all yeah, over that, it then, that, like a chump on chips, aren't they? If you think about it, like if they come down, well, mind you, wouldn't it be good business to come down heavy on the on the shit ones? So as, yeah, so as your brand yeah. is, is is a lot better. I, I remember that's what the NIC used to be like. People used to go, if you want to be in the NIC, you need to keep your standards high. Now it just seems like I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to say this and I say it all the time. Since Domestic Installer came along, they let anyone in, genuinely. I believe that. But yeah, if you start I, supporting you, the people that pay the money, people would be more inclined to join because it would be a standard that, to be upheld. No, but I think what you're, I think, I think at the moment you've got a lot of, um, got a lot of issues around. They're, they're obviously not checking work properly. Like, it's my understanding that when you get your NIC, right, you have to mm. go to a couple of jobs. And they yeah. pick five I, I jobs, believe they pick two. You are, yeah, you offer up five jobs, they pick two. Or something like that. Right. So you're only ever going to give them your, your, your five best jobs, in there. I, I, I quite, I, I just, just to be fair, because I'm trying to be dead fair about this, they offer the five jobs up. They're going to pick the best five jobs, but they can't randomly step from all your jobs because obviously access and things like that's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. So I get it up against it with that. But no, what I, what I don't understand is that's not very good for a start. Why don't they be like, um, why don't they send someone out on the day of fi finalization, like the day you go and do your testing? Yeah, random inspections, or what? They say, look, no, just say you... like, like, like on the day you're finished. Like I don't know, you, to get your NIC this year, you've got to give us two dates of when you're gonna when you're gonna test a property, and we'll turn up. Test I, it with you. I don't know, Susie, because it's not working. But what I'm saying is, that if they said in their contract, right, if you get a complaint against you, we'll go and inspect it. If the complaint's not upheld, we'll absorb the cost out That's of fees. Yeah. But then, if the complaint is upheld, you've got to pay for us to do the inspection. That seems fit. Like that's what the VAT. That's what HSE do. If they come and inspect you. And you're not at fault; they just go away. But there's no fear. The, the the NIC should install and NAPE as well should install fear into their contracts of getting caught doing substandard work. And at yeah, the minute, you know there I is find, no fear. 
I find a lot of um, the NIC, like people dread the NIC inspection, didn't they? Well, yeah, because they're going to get, I'm not saying they're low stands on the inspections, they're not going to give you our time, but clearly on big new builds, crap is slipping through the net. But I, I so I know, I'm not going to say him because I don't want to blow up his spot, but I know a con contractor and he's like, when they come around and ask, ask him all these questions, he don't get nervous because he goes, it's in the book. If I need, I don't need yeah, to go yeah, yeah. my head. Don't ask me all these questions trying to catch me out because I'll just use a book to answer your questions if you want. Just like, I'll pay you. I don't pay you to come around and give me a hard time. So this is what this is a book. I've got all the, doc, I've got all the books I need to reference here. Here's my certificates. Here's everything else you need to see. Let's go and see the properties and piss off. The single bit I want to get out here, and I, I get that, the, that some people find the inspections hard or easy. Some people get them dragged out to a day. The NIC's got a really good place in the in, in the electrical community. I think it could do better, but I think if they wanted to make friends in the electrical industry quicker, responding to contractor complaints about other contractors would absolutely revolutionise how they work. I dare to say that. Because you'd be in fear of getting investigated, and because other people can investigate you, Who's better positioned than other electrical contractors to investigate people? And obviously, someone starts doing it maliciously, maliciously going to spot it. But the fact that a contractor can't report another contractor is ridiculous. Do you think they've got too big for their own good? Like, they're now this sort of, like, with all, all due respect, there's NIC, then there's NAPIT, right? Mm, the same thing, aren't they, really? They're, they're, the same same, they're trying to achieve they're the same, same thing. thing. But NAPIT, are no like the brand's recognition of NIC is far beyond anything else, right? Yeah, and I think I think I think the NIC have probably had the pants put on it. I nap it. Who've done quite well to get as big as they have. Obviously, the other five disappeared, didn't they? The other five part P schemes disappeared. Yeah, so two horse got... race now. Nap it and IC. Yeah. They're probably all owned by the same company. We'll find out in later years, anyway. But okay. I believe on this, they're both as bad as each other in the fact that if a, a, the complaints, it's like. Why worry about doing crap work? If you, if you can't get a complaint to them for them to come and look at, what's the problem? The only option you've got is to go on Twitter, like like contact electrical has to do, and go, I find a problem on a job. The last contract was an NIC badge. They've done a bad job. I've tried to complain about it. And they're like, no, you've got to get the bill to do it. So that means on a big house build, like a Barrett house, for example, you own the house, but you have got no recourse with NIC because the, the builder was the customer. And it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I See, I've heard years ago there, there was a... I'm going to... There was a guy who was complaining all over Twitter about it. Um, Adrian Davey. Mm-hmm. He was moan, He was trying... He was, He tested a new build. This was before he come all high and mighty. Um, and he was doing um, a whole thing on Twitter about it. And he had this new build. And, he had, and they had to spend like a load of money to fix the house and all that. And he wanted to sort of put it back on on the um, on the contractor, and he had no help from the NIC. He had no help from um, building control. No one, no one. Helped. I've heard it. I've heard it. I used to do a lot of work in bars in Nottingham, um, just because I knew something worked to the bar. And he, the name gets around that you do stuff, yeah. And there's a bar in Nottingham, and I went there, took some trunkly off to do a little job, and the three phase fuse board was wired from the cutout in sixty mil earth singles. Through trunking, so like obviously just the only thing that was wrong was the colour was wrong. It's green and yellow, and I do believe the regs it says it's exclusively for Earth. 
and it was the brown, black, and grey, or the red, yellow, blue at they that time. It's ten years ago, done in green, yellow. So I was like, "That's dangerous." You are. Did they sleeve it? No, not at any point. And obviously, Did they even put then, any tape on it. Nothing at all. And even oh, then, all in sixteen mils from the cutouts cut fuse board. But when, if you took the trunky lid off, you would just see three earth cables. You wouldn't know that they weren't earth. So I complained to them. I said, "You can't complain, not the customer." They literally said to me on the phone, this is 10 years ago, I'll be fair to them and say that, yeah? They said, you can't complain, you're not the customer. I was like, one, why would my customer be in the trunk in? And two, how would my customer know that that's not allowed? That's a that's a thing electricians know. No, the customer's got to complain. And I don't know what happened to it after that, but I just thought it was a really crap attitude to have. Like, I, I could send them a picture of stuff. That. I suppose they've got to have that attitude because otherwise you're going to have, like... <laughs> you're going to have... There's Ming-Mongs in the trade. They're like, oh, this particular nut is not the correct one. Oh, you should be using a panhead screw in the back of the... Like, well, yeah, but we're not we're talking all day like, long, Well, yeah, oh, they've only used panhead screws like that or not used washers, but we're talking like decent complaints about contactors. It just, well, it... No, they can't. No, to be fair, I've got a side of them on that. Like, maybe other NIC contractors... Should be able to. Maybe they could surely NI, so, surely other NIC contractors should be the people they listen to the most. Surely another yeah. NIC contractor, they should be forced to take that complaint on because one, they've got the reputation of the NIC to uphold. Two, they've been assessed as competent by the NIC themselves. So the best person to be inspecting other NIC contractors is NIC contractors. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that'd be chaos. If you're yeah. ringing up, going, they've they not used like. You know what? Yeah, but... like, they turn up to the job and go, nah, that's rubbish, mate. It could be so the best. They... Oh, they go, nah, that's rubbish. So a, spark, a sparky sees something bad, yeah? Reports it to their boss, who's the, the who's the approved NIC person, the the what they call them, the, the competent person. Then he looks and goes, yeah, you know what? You're right. That does result complain about. Then he complains. If you're on the NIC, you'll have that structure already. So if they won't take complaints off the people that represent them, then who are they going to take them off? So basically, the old complaint system is useless. So they sort of stop shouting. They've got a complaint system that you can use because it's unusable. I think you're probably I, wrong. I, I'd love I to hear. The, I'm not. I'm totally open to a response on this from them, and I'd love to hear it. But in my opinion, if anyone is going to complain about a vetted contractor, it should be another vetted contractor. And it seems from this tweet that is not possible. And I think that is a something they're missing out because. It's a very easy way to win over the respect of the industry. I think I think you're right. I think I don't know. I am worried about like if they did that, how because electricians are murdered to each other. Everyone's rubbish, and they're the every well. What that well, what happened then is next rubbish. inspection you get you go right. You put three complaints in this year. Three of them were found to be total dog shit. What's that all about? Because yeah. that could that's part of the vetting. That's part of the trust yeah, thing you've that, got going no, on. You're right. Listen, that's a good idea, mate. That's a good idea. It, if you're vetting people, what are you vetting them for? Are they competent or not? And if they start throwing shit around, like ripping off the local contractors or lying about each other, you can bring that up at the next meeting. Surely they've got a computer system that can handle that. And same for NAPIT as well. It's just something that I think would improve trust and quality in the industry. And I just see tweets like that. I think, well, what is the point of being in the NIC if you're not going to uphold standards that you preach about all the time anyway? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know what? Yeah. I don't fall out with that on this one. On this one, because I, at the end of the day, I don't know enough about it. I really don't. I'm, I've never I'm been not. In, I started the process with Napit, but I didn't finish it because I got sick of working in people's houses. You know what it is? It's very difficult for 
commercial industrial sparks to move over to doing domestic. It's so difficult. <laughs> I just think that we are leaderless. We're a leaderless organisation. No one knows who's in charge. Everyone is genuinely looking for an organisation that will back up Sparkies. And I think in that simple move, whoever whoever implements that scheme first will get the respect Sparkies to go, you know what? I feel confident that I'll someone can grasp me up so I'll do a better job. What? I'll tell you why they won't. Because they'll throw people out. Electricians are their own worst enemy some of, some of the time. Certainly in my industry, they're their own worst enemy. You give them a good thing, they want more. Like, that's why... Honestly, when I, when I started the union, we were doing so well. We had so much momentum and people just couldn't stop wanting more. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, and I get that, I get individual sparkies. Like Facebook groups for sparkies are an absolute barren wasteland. Don't even bother with them because they're so full of people trying to pick fault with a picture that actually to talk about trade talk, they're a fucking total waste of time because it's they too are. many people smart sniping each other, yeah? But if you have got a Sparky who's under the control of a a, a competent person, you I think they call what they call them. People will be screaming at the radio now. But the person that controls it, they should go. I found this, and they go, "Stop being a dick. Go back to bed." Or no, actually, that's a good complaint. But someone's got a police industry, and the NIC aren't checking every job, are they? The competent person at the company is checking the jobs and signing them off. And if they can't decide what's complaint, what's not, what's the point? I just think it's a big space for complaints to be made properly and investigated properly there and it just i saw it on twitter and think it just demeans them so bad why don't they pick up on it but they don't or they won't or maybe contact electrical women tomorrow and say they sort it out but if you don't put it on twitter about it so yeah it just it just annoys me yeah no i get that mate it's um it's a funny thing with the industry because the industry is so fragmented um we spoke about this at the beginning of the podcast funny enough it's just leadless. There is there is no sort of central leadership that that sort of empowers the industry. There's no. I think what I think the main problem is, um, is the the leadership that is there is at least twenty years behind. No one could be. No one's in charge. Is and then the no, thing is, no is, one's in the position least... to. No one's in the position to be in charge either. Are there? No. Well, there there is a few organisations that could do a lot better. By get catching up with the times, I think what it is is too many old men in suits. Um, yeah, too much. Too, too, a lot of these people are disconnected so far from the industry. It's incredible. Like people when talk it, about being licensed in people that could take those jobs and do them better that aren't disconnected. I'm not saying spark like put me and you in charge of the industry because no, because that would be ridiculous. Well, what I'm saying is there's some brilliant people in our industry, brilliant people that could take up that could take charge who have a more vibrant, better vibe and are more with the current trends in the industry than than the incumbent people at the ECA, at the JIB. Not saying they don't do good work because they do in certain areas, but mm. they're so far disconnected from the man on the ground and they're not getting a wide enough reach because they still do things like regional meetings and all that sort <laughs> of nonsense. Where only other boring ass people go and sit at regional meetings to talk about ECA developments. Shut when up, I was up. in the ECA ten years ago, I used to go to the meetings and it was it was dying on its arse. And I can get that in the eighties before mobile phone stuff, it was a popular place oh, to share stuff. Yeah. But they're just not caught up on the social media's jumped in so fast they don't know what they're doing. And it's like it's we mental. are crying out as a trade for representation. I think plumbers say the same about 
corgi or gas safe, don't they? Yeah, I suppose. But at least there's only one of them. Well, you've got to think, these organisations are sort of like legacy organisations where you sort of got a job for life and you can work your way up through it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So one, you could have been a Sparky on the tools like in 1979, but now you're now you're like a, I don't know, people director of whatever within one of these organisations. You've been there for 50 years. It's a different ball game, isn't it? What I was like at the, NIC, at the ECA, the guy, I'm not against all old men because the guy that used to run the ECA Nottingham, um, Nottingham branch, was an ex-contractor who then went into the ECA. But then when he got replaced, he got replaced by guys like, oh, are you a contractor? And he went, no, no, I come from marketing. I said, so you're not a sparky? went, no. And I was like, well, that's my membership done, isn't it? I'm not paying you. It's, it's just ridiculous. But I don't know why these organisations make money. They're just a badge, aren't they? I'm not, I'm not, I'll say it out loud. I don't think any of them, the NIC, the ECA, NAPIT, I don't think any of them offer value to money for your average day-to-day sparker. I think they're a protection racket for bigger firms. All right, they might sit on JPAL and write a few regs and stuff, but even the regs is written by an organisation don't want anyone anything to do with sparkers unless it's selling as a book. Okay. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> no, I, please. I, I can't argue with it. Some just representatives. Think... And I just, <laughs> like I say, again, I'm trying to be positive about it. The, the NRC could do it, but not allowing us to complain about complaints and make it really hard work is not a way to install confidence in your average electrical contractor. No, it's not. It's, um... Yeah. Do you want to talk, you want to talk about poo now? No, not really. But yeah, that was one. And it's just like to go on Twitter and see that kind of thing is really, really disappointing. Uh, I don't, I don't know if it is disappointing. I, I think it, I think it probably goes on more than you think. Um, and I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot of problems that those organisations have. That um, you got to remember, years ago I worked for this guy, and he was, he sold, he manufactured CCTV cameras. And then put like had a had a um, base in China, shipped them over, and he was mm. a distributor and owner of these cameras. And um, he, we're talking about business one day, and he just turned around to me and went, "I want to keep the company small because if there's any changes, I want to be able to turn around." When you look at the bigger companies, they move slow like an elephant. I want to yeah, be yeah yeah yeah. Now, when you look at NIC. They're such a massive leviathan of a company. Can you imagine how how long it takes to respond to anything? All the bureaucracy, the person at the top, like getting that information to the person at the top. Then he's got he's got to turn it around. Then he's got to send it back down the chain. Then all the way up and all the way down that chain, you've got people coming in with their with their two bob ideas. Probably weren't sparks. Probably I don't know. Watch, watch the uh, Sparky YouTubers to find out what it's like to be a spark. <laughs> like, do you, do you know what I mean? It's just nonsense. I mean, it's all, it's all going. I think personally, it's moving on and, and keeping it in the thing. I, it's, it's, it's slowing down there, out there. I think it's slow. The train's just about to start slowing down. I think well, it's going to be rapidly slowing down. Everyone's been saying the, the start of the year, saying how bad a year it's going to be. And to be honest, January, I think a lot of people have been busy. But I think in the last week, I've heard about building sites shutting down, new builds shutting down. I think we're about to start to feel the pinch. Um, well, this is... So I finished up on my job uh, a couple of weeks ago. And it is dead, dead in... Um, yeah. 
So I was kicking about for a bit. I'd done my job grid, started phoning up and stuff like that. Nothing. There's companies saying, oh, we're on our ass. We've got no work at the moment. There's nothing out there. Um, I'm struggling. That's what I was getting back. And I was like, Jesus. Anyway, I'd know, I've been driving around. You'd notice a few sites. There's quite a few new build sites down there, but I'm not getting involved in that. That is diabolical work that I'm not being yeah. a part of. Um, so I drove to this one where they're building like a care home. Um, and I just took the bold move of walking onto the site and finding the electrical contractor. Like, go to the site office and yeah, just shaking their hand <coughs> and, and getting in front of people because I don't want to work <laughs> up in London. Like I'm not traveling to the big smoke to get work. That's nuts. Anyway, I've done two sites. The second site I've got to start for next Monday. So this comes out, this comes out Monday. Yeah. The Monday after I've got to start, but unfortunately I've got an hour and 45 minute drive to work and to and back from work every day this week at, um in Croydon so I'm about to take a job back in my old back in the old town of Croydon now I've got to drive there and back every day um just to keep the money coming in uh, I can't sit but around not with I, no money I do national coverage in the job I do but like I start and finish at my door but to be driving an hour and 45 minutes to work then do the day's contracting, uh, that's listen, not easy. There's not, a, there's not a great deal of work around here. There really isn't. I was so surprised at what I was getting back on. And I was I mean, one of the questions I always ask, so what I have is a job grid. For those of you who don't know, uh, I call it a job grid. And it's my way of being my own agency. So I phone up. So I, I went on to like Google um, and I populated a spreadsheet with as many local contractors as I could who do commercial industrial type of work um, in the area. Um, and then I phone them up, find out who the decision maker is, their email, their phone number, when I last spoke to them and what we last spoke about. So when I go back to it, I've got some information to pick up where we left off from before and then any other notes. So work they've got coming up, um and i always ask this i'm so one of the questions i always ask is um have you got anything coming up in the future that i might be able to phone back and, and, and jump on with you uh and last year it was quite it was quite positive yeah we've got this coming mm. up got this coming up give me a call in on this date i didn't need to call back then but this time phoning up there's like no we've got nothing coming up at the moment it's all a bit quiet we're hoping for this we've got tenders out and stuff like that now i, I remember what that was like races on and then it is, there's nothing moving. And this is the last, well, no, this is the first week of Feb. So I think we're about to see a hard end to this tax year, maybe a bit longer. I may be on the herbring of doom, but I'm just getting that feeling, that feeling you get that you should always believe. And stuff, I mean, <laughs> like, if you see this shelf behind me, this is made out of a piece of recycled ply, yeah? But I wanted to build like a little grid behind here to put these tests on to make a better set. So I went to the shop the other day and I want some six inch wide by one inch saw cut timber yeah because i thought i don't use mdf i use timber five pounds 79 a meter mate i'd rather make it out of turd i was like that's how much wood cost is anyone going to bother having a roof done you know what i mean if that's how much materials are costing with, so with the gas the gas plus the board apparently it's got 20 percent again but that's a very gas intensive process a lot of electrical using that so you just think well maybe they'll all just stop maybe they'll still go can you afford to plasterboard a house a new build if the plasterboard's got 20 percent that could be a couple. That could be a grand, and they, they only sell for 150,000 grands. 
Well, if the plus mode's got up a grand, then the plaster's got up a grand, then the copper's got up a grand. They're not going to sell them for nothing, are they? They're not, they're not a charity, even they're though they're scumbags. They're talking about a housing crisis, aren't they? So all this, all these new builds. You know, new builds are the worst thing you can buy. Like as, like. Well, no, they didn't used to be. New build house. The problem is, and I'll stand by this. Yeah, they shouldn't be allowed to develop more than six houses. That should be it. They should have soft little patches of land where you little developers build little different houses, like most streets look like. The council do a big one, or it's just not like that. Then yeah. But all you get is these Lego land shitholes of the same crappy house in six different ways. No, but and they're just the slums of the future. These houses, you know, as soon as you buy, like, so you do this help to buy thing. So you, you get your five percent, you get a five percent mortgage or whatever, and you do, do your help to buy and all that that nonsense. Apparently, that's like literally one of the worst ways to buy a house. Like so in terms of your interest all rate. house or a Ponzi scheme, mate. If you ask me, and then, and then, right. When you buy a new build, the, the you immediately lose money. You immediately go into negative equity hmm. because they're not actually worth what they're being sold for. The no, worst it's, just, it's a Ponzi scheme at the minute. They're just they're just seeing what they get for them. So like they're just seeing what they get for them. They crap. Some of I'm not. They're not all crap, right? Some of them, but a lot of the never we know the names one. of the crap ones, don't we? Like you know, everyone knows which ones they wouldn't want buy. You don't see many builders vans on these estates, do you? You go down these new build estates near me, there's a lot of flash cars, which I don't want to offend everyone who's got a new build here. There's always a lot of flash cars on new estates, which says to me, young people who probably work at a desk in some kind of desky job who have gone and got a flash car and never, never, and they live in a shitty rabbit hutch because the car costs so much. You never see any tradesmen's vans on these estates unless they're round there fixing the bodge ups from the builders, yeah? I know it's a bit harsh, but that's how I see it. You look around, you don't see any builders, window fitters, plasterers living on new build estates. To be honest with you, I don't... I've never been on one, I don't think. Ever drive around one and look at the cars? They're all flash cars that clearly live never, never. I think you just, think you just um, um, upset or offended quite a lot of people with that. There's, well, bollocks. There's one near really? me, right? There's one near me and there's there's a new build estate down the road and there's a Facebook group for it and it's full of people putting up having done up the gardens and they're all the same all the gardens are plastic grass and granite rocks you know what I mean because all the when you buy them they're just turfed over mud holes talking about plastic grass I'm there because I tell I'm, you what the weeds are out of control I've got it in my garden because I've only got four metres square and my dog poos on it so I've got it but I, I, don't, I don't like it no mate I'm I'm getting rid of this grass so I'm, at the moment, I, I'm in battle with weeds, right? So <laughs> in my driveway, the weeds are out of control over the winter. They've got out of control. And I noticed it the other day. I walked in. I was like, why is, why is there bushes in my... Around the edge <laughs> of my garden, I've got like this bit <clears throat> where they grew stuff. <clears throat> Some's just dying for audio viewers. I'm dying. Anyway, so I live on farmland. So the, the the soil is proper fertile. Anyway, around the edge is about six inch, no, maybe I don't know, whatever, six to eight inches of like gravel around the edge of my drive. Yeah. I put down the mat, the whole lot. Those weeds don't give a monkeys about them mats. They don't care. They bust through everywhere. I went anyway. to the guy's house the other week, and he's got all these weeds growing in his loft. It's really hot up there. I said, you want to get that sorted out, mate? It's going to give you a job in the future when you try and sell it. We're all out there, but he didn't seem but to you know be what interested. I, did? I dug out all the stones. This is last year. 
and I poured down a load of weed killer. Asbestos. <laughs> I put so much weed killer down there, but barrels of it. I thought, all right, I'm going to win this. Then I sorted it. You know, like the Romans used to do when they invaded. I got yeah, yeah. Sort, the entire I sorted place. the earth so nothing could grow. <laughs> Guess what? They bust through in about six weeks. So, I've got the same thing with with moss. Moss grows in my garden. I eat it. It drives me mad. Oh, tell me about that. Last last year, I repointed my patio with that. Um, what is it? That stuff that you pour down and you put. Yeah, in. the grout, grout. Oh, mate, it's like a, like they've turned into like little rainforests. Oh, mate, what we're getting across here is yeah. If, if any young people are it's probably not because it's two old men moaning, yeah. If you want a lifetime of misery, yeah, and your weakers to be taken up by shit jobs, buy yourself a house, become a homeowner, and you can be as miserable as we are. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I am gonna bloody, um, I'm gonna concrete everything, garden, the front drive, everything. The whole I've got as well. People will know. I might say this podcast for you. My house, I've lived there twenty, almost twenty years, right? So I bought it when I was young. When I, I turned it to a party house, put a bar in the back garden, put a cinema room in the front room, yeah. When my missus, my wife now today, moved in 10 years ago, I had no cupboard doors on my kitchen. This is still on there now because I gave up. As soon as you hit 30, 35, you give up on doing your ass up. I've done that many other people's jobs. I can't be able to come home and do my own. <laughs> it, is, it is rough coming home and you're like, I need to do that. I need to do that. The other day, this, what, this, this is what really winds me up. I bought this house. And the level of finish in this house is so pony that every time I go and do something, I'm like, this is winding me up now. Like, how, why have they done it like this? So I know why. Do you know who's that? Joe's, Joe's got that? Sarah Beanie. Because everyone, yes. everyone oh, went, oh, I can buy a house, do it all with £10 at Wilco's and I can fucking sell it on for a profit. And now there is a plethora of shitly developed houses where the skirting boards look like they've been put in by Stevie Wonder because of those programmes. Everyone was on it at one doorways, point. So we've got laminate flooring on, on the ground, yeah? Mm. But in between the doorways, there's a floorboard where they couldn't do the joins between oh, the... To, uh, uh, yeah, a strip, because they're arsed. Because they, they, there's loads of it. People will buy a house, they start it up with paint, and then they think they can sell it for a fortune. And to be fair, a few years ago in the boom, they could. But nowadays, people are wise to this junk. Oh, mate, so... I'm not worried because the plan was always to knock through the kitchen into into the into the dining room and all that sort of stuff. But every job, like the other day, we've got two banisters going up the stairs, right? There's walls and they attach to the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of them, one of them, like there's the two middle um, things that go into the wall. Brackets are going to the wall, loose. So every day I'm walking up and it's getting more and more loose. That's winding me up now. So I decided to have a look at it. And they're held in with wood. Someone had just put a wood. Oh, that's how they used to do it, though, isn't it? That's how it was done. Yeah, but this ain't how they used to do it. Oh, they just used the old methods. <laughs> who that's do you think's going to notice summer. this? Do you think, then, talking about domestic, who's going to notice first this? I think there's definitely a downturn in the trade. I've noticed a general downturn. I think who's going to suffer first, domestic, industrial, or commercial? Uh, I think with commercial. Obviously, if you are watching as well, remember, we love the comments on YouTube if you want to get involved and tell us or on Twitter. Yes. I think I think with uh, commercial, a lot of the projects are already teed up. So the money's there. Yeah, they've bought the stuff, up. aren't they? 
soon as people start feeling the pinch, the first thing that stops is your house. And because yeah. contracting things out in your house. Like during COVID, everyone was doing up their house. Yeah, well, I know there's a cement company I used to work for down the road, and I know a contractor just got laid off from there. He replaced me because they, well, it's Blue Circle. You know the plastic bags still of cement, post-cream, oh. um, they do post-cream mortar mix and all that, all aimed at the DIY market. They're on their arse because that many people did that much work in COVID, they can't shift these products anymore. Literally, like, every fence in the UK has been repaired and finally it's going to repair it. And they've really cut back. They're really struggling, apparently. But I've I, heard a lot of that. Yeah, what? and do you know what? I'd write... Years ago, this geezer told me, one of the very first people I, I, I worked with on, on a job, these two old boys, and uh, they were talking about doing up their houses. And he goes, now, I was like, why, why don't you do that yourself? He, go, he goes, why would I? I'd rather work a weekend and pay someone to do it. Yeah, I'm like that now. I, I don't, I don't mind. I don't mind tinkering like, with tech. Oh, silly, save yourself some money and work the weekend. And he's like, you'll learn. And I'll like, tinker with tech. I'll mess around with Wi-Fi and smart home and and telephones and stuff like that because I enjoy doing that. But actually going outside, like putting a fence post in, no chance. Like not out in the patio, no chance. Who would ever like? So I've got gates on my drive, right? Um, mm. They're held up with these oak posts. Um, but the, the the absolute dummies that put them in, put them straight into the dirt, and then Ugh. they're put straight into the dirt. They no, didn't even no. put post creep around them, so they rotted. Yeah, yeah. So the other day I went to close my gate. I was like, "Why is that wobbly? The whole thing fell over." <laughs> You've been Cerebini sunshine. You've been. I, I feel like I feel like Red Row or someone built my house. No, not Red Row. <laughs> Not... Although, uh, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like I tell you what, you know, like, you, back in the day, you had domestic, commercial, and industrial sparkies. Yeah, industrial still there, although they did it diminishes. Domestic still there. Commercial was generally shop fits, weren't there? Is that what I said? commercial? Is like it's, it's like leisure centres, shopping, <laughs> but there's no shops anymore. <laughs> what, are the, what are all the shop fitters doing? When you're a subby, right? You can. It's This is one of the things that make subbies the greatest sparks of all. A good subby, you can deploy on any site, mm. at any level, and they're going to be able to do a decent job. Mm. On a new build, yeah. On, they struggle on a bit. Of, yeah, yeah. On a new installation, yeah. No. They struggle to rock up at my job and, and do a good job with what I do because it's all very specialist. I could turn, on a new build, I could turn up and be an asset within a week. And I'm not bigging it up. If, just if, you was doing, if you was doing install, you could, yeah. But a lot of work, there's a lot of, there's a whole lot of work out there. And I get, but we've got Sparks to do twice. I don't do any install. I go there and they go, this is broken, fix it. And I'm like, right, what you got? Well, it's just broken, fix it. And then you start from scratch. Fault finding is a, the, fault finding is a hard trade to be, get into, I think. Don't I'm trying to big it up. I'm not trying to say better than installation Sparks, but. Talking of getting work, actually, I got some to work. I want to touch on this. Hold on. What, is... what I want to know before we get on that is what is your deal with Nottingham Forest Football Club? Because a lot of people would be interested in this. For a start, I, I... For a start stop, stop. I have no connection to Nottingham Forest Football Club at all, right? Because oh. obviously that we, we, we're implying that there's a connection, that, which there isn't. I don't want them to listen to the club. So I have no connection to Nottingham Forest Football Club or their opinions or my opinions or whatever but um, 
a guy I've done a lot of work for does the audio there. So he installs and does the audio. I'll ask him if he wants me to talk about it one day. He's like a he's. He, he, I have a good time with him because all we do is slag each other's mums off all day long. Yeah, it's, it's it's good fun, right? But I've got to admit, and I hope you listen to this, that he's a very very good audio engineer. He does um stadiums. We've just won another football stadium, which I can't mention. Oh, so you're doing other non-Sparky stuff? Are you actually a Sparky, Jamie? I am an electrician by trade. Such a peasant. So yeah, so um, he does. He did, for example, I could talk about this because it's closed down. He did Doncaster Airport. I, I did the audio at Doncaster Airport. So the whole Doncaster Airport audio system was his that I installed with him. So because we've done quite a bit of work with him, we get along all right. When you have any kind of stadium gig, they're playing music, which I I don't play any music, but I drive the, what's called driving the desk. So I I I move the volumes up and down do microphone shit whilst he stands outside and does it. So my involvement with Forest is that we run the audio there on match day. So I get to sit in a box and watch every home game of Forest, which people in Nottingham would die to do. There's people in Nottingham would kill for don't that. Don't like football. Don't really like football, no. Sat there from Leeds. <laughs> I've just got back from Nottingham Forest Leeds. Sat there most of the time on my phone. Or Well, one of the jobs I have to do is I have to look through my binoculars a lot because I have to look at microphones and what people are doing and what might be happening. So... To be honest, you don't get to watch a lot of the game, but yeah, I'd, I'd drive the audio there. If you if you're interested in what I'm up to on a daily basis, go on my Instagram because it, it all goes on there because I'm so boring. But yeah, I do a it's a good little job actually. Audio, it's like I say to people, this become a Sparky, go and be a Sparky, yeah, whatever Sparky you want to be. Go and spend four years and get qualified, and then find a niche and get into it because then you I'm not out of work. This fucking no. downturn is not worrying me. I'm not bothered about it. Uh, I got a guy, a guy lives around here, Joe, just come out of his time with a, with an own builder doing shitty new builds. I know him through darts. I see him in the pub. I was like, mate, you want to get a CV done and just bang it out to loads of jobs, right? That you don't. He says, well, I'm not, I don't, I ain't got that much experience. Like, so? They don't fucking know. So I went down the pub with him before darts, tweaked his CV up. He sent it, man. I said, take that out, put that in, take that out, put that about. I said, go online, join these fucking, um, join these, eight, not agencies, um, job sites. And he's like, oh, I don't know. I was like, look, just fucking join the job site, share. Get some interviews and go to him and do bad at him. It's near the end now, it doesn't matter. Go to the interviews, do bad at him, because then you'll have experience when that job comes along that you want. You'll have been to interviews and know the process. Second interview he did, he got a job working on AGL, airfield ground lighting. That he's always want that he's, he loves the airplanes, that so he's worked out right. So if you're all those people who think the downturn might affect him, get your CV tied up and get out there because there is so many niches in this trade, it's fucking unreal. What I will say is, though... Welcome to Apprentice One-to-One. Thanks for listening. Uh, no, the only problem is, and I, like, I've been looking online at different jobs and stuff that's going going on out there. There's a social housing contract that's not too bad, and there's all kinds of I, stuff. I, I, I won't go and work on social housing, but what I would oh. I did say to the guy, Joe, because I'm going to use my reference because he's younger, says, oh, no, someone... I don't want to fucking... For me... I don't want to make myself like a Billy Big Balls, yeah, but... I speak to a lot of young lads and ladies on Instagram and they ask me advice. I, I give it to them. I know four or five people have generally come back and gone, that advice game was golden. I've got a job. Um, I'll ask a couple of people to talk about it. Maybe try and get them on, yeah? And I always say, if you want to learn to test, go and do social housing. Because in two months, you'll know exactly how to test. But I won't do it. It's a shit job. But for yeah, people but what I'm saying is, a lot of these jobs, they don't really pay enough. Because, like, like, we've had this discussion before. Unless you're earning... Like fifty grand mm. above, like you need. So you look for a job, and it's I don't know fifty five grand a year. And you're like, sweet, that do. Yeah, 
It won't do because actually you get into that next part of the, the tax bracket that actually screws you over. So really, once you get past 50 grand, you it's need to really work. get past 60, 63 grand before you start seeing a difference. And then that's a whole heap of money. Companies ain't going to pay you. So as a standard spark, you ain't going to get no 60 grand. I would have thought 50 grand to seen for a, for a spark in general, but... Unless you want to do all the hours, then you'll get 60. Yeah, yeah, and you get a bump. But if you're, if you're a young person listening to this, I've sat on sites with a person to go, oh, you're on fucking 35 quid now, Mike. And you don't do it, I go, do you know why? Because they use this. Because unfortunately, as as much as I'd love to think I was when I was younger, I weren't experienced as, as I am now. And now I do the thinking. That's what I do. But young sparkies do the humping, don't they? And I say to young lads, just go and get a job in a fucking shithole factory where you're working nights and doing all sorts of shitty breakdowns because you will learn. So you don't earn. You're either earning or you're learning. I say this all the time, earning or learning. You can have one or the other. You can't. You can have both, but they're rare jobs. I think it's really good advice. I'll tell you why. Because I look back now and I really regret not taking my career more seriously. I used it as a, an ability to earn 200 quid a day. Everyone like, thinks that contracts are doing for life, but my knees now, even though I don't kneel because smoking is needed for the knees or something like that, I moved into specialisms. And I, I, honestly, everyone should try and specialise in something. Because... It, it, it's great advice because if I took my, my, uh, my career more seriously early on, I would have been a lot further on than I am now. I've really sort of just got into that comfortable zone, 180, 200, 250s, floating along on that. It's been fine for me, but I'm 40 now. And <laughs> like I've hit the ceiling of really what's fine for me. And, you know, I, it's a precarious industry, to be fair, when you're when you're subbing like I do. It is precarious. Um, and I just don't think it's a great move. Um, and, yeah, my advice would be to do what Jamie says, get a job, work your way up, um, Get some really good experience. Get on the on the train. Get with a company that's going to train you. Get you all your tickets. Get you. Your I mean, like, we got into this because the audio thing. Get you trained up to do your next to do your testing. Get you trained up to do something a little bit specialist. Oh no, like that. Like you just you asked me about the audio that I do. I just got into it with a guy. And now I do a lot of it, but it's such a niche job. Like it's really niche. You won't believe how niche your PA is. Fire alarms, obviously, not as niche, but a bit specialist. There's so many things out there. Like, what I do, I don't sure to explain it, but I'll tell them what I do tomorrow. If you're listening to this and I've given you advice on Instagram, and I'll put a tweet out tomorrow, come back to me and see if we can talk about it, because there's a few people on there I've just said to them, like, they've said, oh, I've not got the experience. Like, well, I'll, t I'll tell this to everyone now, yeah? I've, I've been knee-deep in cement, waist-deep in cement, trying to fix controls on when I worked in cement factories. We're not a fucking clue. <laughs> Yeah, because do you know how you get experience? By being in ex places where you ain't got a clue and just kicking off with, going with it. And I get people go, oh, I can't apply for a job in this factory because I know what I'm doing. Well, they're probably desperate. You don't know what you're doing. So when you get there, you'll learn, won't you? And if you break it, it's theirs anyway. It's like, don't worry about it. But people Be are fun. scared. People are scared to try new Who things. Like, wins, you are. Who dares wins? I knew you'd love that. Exactly. Way. So like, I, I will genuinely... Uh, ask a couple of people. I can't remember if I've given advice to on Twitter on Instagram. Yeah, so if you come back to me, I will. I maybe not want to get you on if you don't want to come on, but I'll just talk about it because I remember. Go, oh, I can't do that. Oh, I won't be able to do that. 
Well, they're fucking, they're desperate, aren't they? <laughs> so fucking go and give it a go. If you have aspirations to move out of just contractors or become a certain type of spark care, the time is now because I don't think it's going to be great this, it's going this, to this year. Up this year. Right, we're out.